Now from the Milken Institute, responding to COVID-19, conversations with Mike Milken. People need to feel comfortable that they're going to be safe. So the biggest thing we've got to chip away with right now, I think, is we've got to figure out how we can get robust testing because it's going to be hard to get this economy going without it. That's Senator Rick Scott. As two-term governor, he led Florida through crises including hurricanes, mass shootings, and the Zika virus. Now, as a U.S. Senator, he's helping see the nation through COVID-19. He spoke recently with Milken Institute and Faster Cures Chairman Mike Milken. Senator, thank you for joining us today. Oh, Mike, it's great to be with you. Senator Scott, you served as governor of Florida for eight years. You faced numerous crises during the period of time you were governor, including the Zika crisis. How do they compare with COVID-19? Well, this is something I've never dealt with. I had four hurricanes, four mass shootings. I had um, had a hurricane that hit our hospitals when I was running a hospital company. We had the Zika healthcare crisis. But what's you know what's consistent is is you show up every day, and you try to over prepare and just be granular with everything. Just say, what do I need? And surround yourself with smart people and just solve, solve solve problems every second. I mean, it takes a lot of hours every day. It takes a team every day. But if you do it and listen to what people are concerned about, uh, you can solve it. With Zika, everybody that was thinking about having a baby or pregnant was worried about, you know, their child. And so we over-communicated. I had a great surgeon general. We went into the community where we thought we had problems. We were clear with what needed to be done. And what allowed people to do is make their own decisions about what risks they're willing to take, and then what they expected of the people in the community where we had local transmission as far as cleaning up their neighborhood and stopping the mosquitoes from breeding, and and it worked. You just got to chip away at every problem. You know, with this one, the biggest thing we've got to chip away with right now, I think, is we got to figure out this testing. We've got to figure out how we can get robust testing because it's going to be hard to get this economy going without it. Senator, you grew up in very modest means. And you and I have discussed having that in your life sometimes prepares you better for the future. But how did your upbringing affect your leadership style? Look, I was blessed. I I don't know my dad. I have a wonderful, tough as nails mom. I told my mom growing up, there is nobody like you. I said, I have to make straight A's. I have to be an Eagle Scout. I have to uh, go to church all the time. And you told me I had to go get a job <laughs> So at a young age. So I said, there's nobody like you that I know of uh, anywhere in my school. Uh, but thank, thank, you know, thank God for my mom, because what she taught me was you have to work your tail off, you have to build relationships, and you have to get out there and do something every day. Governors and senators, as you know only too well, have different tools and styles uh, that allow them to address problems, crisis. What are the biggest trade-offs you've observed in each role? You clearly don't have the executive responsibility or opportunity as a U.S. senator, as you do as a governor or as, as the, the president has. So that's, that's the big change. But the other side of it is anything is doable because ultimately, even if you have the authority you have to do the same things. You have to listen. You've got to get really good information. You have to surround yourself with good people. 
And you have to, especially in a crisis, over-communicate. I am talking to people uh, from sunup till sundown and just solving their problems. And when I solve their problems, I probably solve it for somebody else. Maybe one of the best ways to look at that, Senator, is take yourself back when you're a CEO of a healthcare company. Take us back when you're the governor of Florida. And what would you be doing today in each of those roles? As a CEO of a hospital company, I had 343 hospitals, 135 surgery centers. I had about uh, 285,000 employees. And I basically called people all day and said, how can I help you? How can I solve problems? How are you doing? And I basically did the same thing as governor. So when we were preparing for a hurricane, I talked to every sheriff. I talked to every mayor that I could. I did... I talked to everybody that I thought would, would need something. I talked to the oil and gas industry. And, and, and so when you do that, what happens is people tell you problems. Many parts of the country prepared for a surge for the coronavirus that never arrived. They had canceled all elective surgeries. So their operating rooms, their orthopedic surgeons, their nurses, their anesthesiologists, none of them were working and losses of hundreds of millions of dollars for many of these hospital complexes today. What challenges do you see in front of them this year and maybe next year? Well, here's what they've got to do. And I've been talking to them about it because they want to get open. They know that unless something dramatically changes, they have the ventilators they need. They're not going to see a peak that's going to uh, cause them not to be able to take care of the patients. And that's what their belief is right now. So what I've recommended to them is you've got to, you've got to solve the problem that federal government raised when they said you shouldn't be doing elective surgery. And that's that uh, they want to preserve the protective, uh, the personal protective equipment, uh, the mask, the gear that you have to wear, the outfits and all that stuff, and, and make sure they have the ventilator. So I said, you've got to be vocal that you have all of it. And Mike, I've been saying this to since uh, probably the first part of March. I've been saying the same to the businesses. You have got to get ahead of what you think you might not, what you might need when we reopen this. And the other thing I think they've got to do is they've got to make sure that they have a good pipeline uh, to the protective gear they need. So what I've recommended to them, I said, don't be relying uh, on communist China. Uh, don't be relying on a faraway um, place. You need to work with your local business community because these things can be produced locally and you need to have a local delivery system where you, you know whatever happens with around the world, you know you have an adequate supply. On top of that, I believe, and I've got a bill to do this, we've got to have our, a national stockpile of all the things we, we need for the next pandemic that's made in America with the ability to ramp up American assets uh, the companies like 3M, we've got to make sure if we have to compensate them, they've got to be in a position to uh, ramp up to make sure we have all the protective gear America needs. You've gone from Florida, where you're the chief executive, to Washington, where you're one of 100 senators. Given that this is an election year for president and for many senators and people in Congress, and considering the current political climate right now, how can our government do a better job of getting us through this crisis? Be direct and honest with people. When we had the Zika healthcare crisis, I was clear with what we could do and what you had to do and what local 
uh, government had to do. So everybody knows their part. Uh, I think the more that happens, I think everything accelerates. Uh, so we, we need more protective gear. We need more testing. And I think we need more information. I think, I think all of us would, be, would feel better if we knew for the, and then I think as of today, over 26,000 people have, have unfortunately lost their lives. I think all of us would like to have more information about what were their symptoms. So if we, if we did, I think, I think people would take it to say, oh gosh, I have symptoms like that. So I should be more cautious um, because we don't, when we don't have information, you know, it, I think it, it bothers us more. So I think we need to over communicate uh, with Americans. So you have a hundred senators in the Senate and in light of what's occurred here and this challenge to our country, how many of them are pulling together to try to solve this problem out of that hundred? Do you see a sense of the Democrats and Republicans pulling together in any way? Well, here, here's what I've watched as I've talked to my colleagues in the Senate. Everybody is focused on different things, which absolutely is good because they bring different things to the table and then they have different states. So as an example, today I put out a, a plan of how to get uh, the country back to work. Um, I, I've, I've put out a variety of things to try to move the conversation along. Um, we had a call today with the president where individuals brought up issues that they thought applied uh, to their states, which I think is good. Right now, it's, 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 pretty, it's gone back to being pretty partisan. Uh, I'm hopeful that uh, as uh, we are able to come together to pass the CARES Act, which is not perfect. There's lots of things that I don't like. I do like the fact that it, it helped the people that lost their jobs. I think of my mom when that happens, her struggles. I, I like the fact that it helps small business. Um, and so we came together, even though it wasn't perfect for anybody. I'm optimistic about the future. I'm, uh, you know, uh, this, is, uh, this is really concerning. I'm, I know so many people I know that have lost everything, um, but I know that they are hardworking and they're gonna figure that out. And you know what? In our communities, in our churches, in our synagogues, we're all gonna come together and help people. I'm, that's what people do in this country. We, we come together and help each other and it's a tough time, but we're gonna do it. I look forward to the future for, for, for my kids and, and um, my grandkids, and I'm gonna have my seventh grandchild today. Well, that, well, that is quite an accomplishment. Congratulations, you are blessed, and Lori and I, with our 10 grandchildren, we are <laughs> also so blessed, Senator. One of the groups, Senator, that I know you've spent a lot of time with are small business leaders, men and women. Is government doing enough? Are you hearing from them on what they need for help? If you read the papers, what you think is, oh, if you just cut taxes, you know, everything will be better. Reality is that's important to have less taxes and less fees. But, you know, even more important is make it easy for people to get into business and don't have regulations that don't make any sense. If we do anything to get this economy going again, make it easy for the entrepreneurs in this country. I think if we make it easy for them, we're going to open up so many businesses and we're going to employ so many people. There's going to be so many new opportunities. It's scary how much this is changing right now, but you can see it even in the last month. People with new business models, uh, with new types of jobs, 
that are prospering. It's going to be a scary time for a lot of people and just an unbelievably exciting time for, if, for others if we make it easy for them to get into business. You had this challenge that after hurricane of reopening part of Florida, getting your economy going again and getting the people going again. What items have to be checked off before we can begin really restarting our economy here in the United States? People need to feel comfortable that they're going to be safe. I think the FDA has done a great job of giving our doctors more leeway. I think our doctors, our researchers, our nurses are sharing ideas with European uh, doctors and nurses and researchers. I think that's a real positive. It'd, it'd be nice to have the vaccine done. It won't be. It'll be nice to have all the therapeutics figured out. They won't be. Um, it'd be nice to have all the testing up. It won't be. Um, but we're going to have gone down the path enough that I think people are going to feel uh, safe to get started. And we're going to learn along the way. I think the key is going to be to take these next four months and really prepare. So if we have, if it comes back in the fall, that we have figured out how to keep people safe and we don't have the adverse impact we have uh, that we've had this last few weeks on our, on our economy. I want to thank you for service to our country. I want to thank you for your leadership. And I'd like to thank you for speaking to the American people today and best of luck to you. And we couldn't be more excited uh, to hear about your family expansion. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, if you know anybody that needs anything, my number is 202-224-5274. We have a plan up and we also have a frequently asked section up of questions people are asking on our website, rickscott.senate.gov. I am a full service senator. I want to solve problems. So if you know of anything, anybody that needs anything, uh, and it doesn't matter if they're in Florida, I will do everything I can to be helpful to them. Find more episodes on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or milkeninstitute.org slash podcast, where you'll also find the latest COVID-19 updates. Until next time, stay safe and healthy.